Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion 1312. Live, Tuesdays 9 to 10 p.m. on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM or streaming 4ZZZ.org.au. Podcasts and related content available at subversion1312.org and channel0network.com. Conclusion? We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organisation, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality and freedom. the goodness of the final straw radio in so-called Asheville, north carolina in the southeast of turtle island on land stolen from the cherokee people independent media is a passion of mine it's a way of bringing people together to tell and record their stories to share the info and analysis that matters to us most and that the capitalist press won't publish it brings people into the streets it sparks our conversations it inspires us that's why projects like four triple z matter thanks Come to its end Or do we just keep on repeating All the things 
Good evening, welcome to Subversion 1312, the 4ZZZ Anarchy Show. My name is Linda, I'm here tonight with Colin. G'day Linda, hey dudes and dudesses, how we doing? I almost called you Claude, and unfortunately Claude couldn't be here tonight because we're on the way, but there's something wrong with my tyres, I had to stop, I had to catch a taxi and Claude's... Left at home. Hey, buddy, we're thinking of you, though. Don't you worry about that, huh? He actually wasn't very impressed at all. On tonight's show, I'm going to play an interview I did with Jimmy Donson, who is part of an organisation called Mutual Aid Disaster Relief. Now, it's been a while that I've been organising this interview, and I think it's really important. When I did the interview... Australia was on fire. A week later, Australia is flooding. So while uh, around Brisbane we have not suffered severe disasters, it's only a matter of time, which is why I did this interview, because it's time to get organised for mutual aid disaster relief. Because when things go wrong when there's fires floods any kind of disaster we need each other mutual aid disaster relief is a people-powered disaster relief network based on the principles of solidarity mutual aid and autonomous direct action and we work with uh, communities uh, especially their most vulnerable and marginalized members uh, to lo- to help facilitate them leading their own recovery. Uh, and we do this through survival programs, mutual aid survival programs that are meant to meet the immediate needs of uh, of the people while also to build off of the leg- legacy of the Black Panther Party uh, to raise consciousness at the same time. That's where we got the term survival programs. And many of us got our first start in, in the United States doing this type of uh, mutual aid uh, disaster response work by responding to a call from Malik Rahim, a former Panther in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And mutual aid disaster relief builds off of the legacy of previous uh, iterations of mutual aid um, in the context of disasters with Common Ground and Occupy Sandy. Uh, but it differs in that it's uh, long term, it's permanent. Um, so it's not one, one location specific or one disaster specific, uh, but we want to build off the successes and avoid the failures of previous iterations while keeping some continuity of lessons learned and things like that um, and keep building towards, um, you know, like a just recovery and a transformation of our society at large while also being uh, responsive uh, to people's self-determined needs in the context of a disaster. Mutual aid disaster relief is actually just a few years old. Um, I got my start, uh, like like some other folks, uh, by responding in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. So mutual aid disaster relief, as in its present, um, you know, iteration, is just a few years old, about four years old now. Before that, there was a previous iteration of folks responding in Haiti under the name mutual aid disaster relief in Haiti. Um, and this this idea, this concept, this model of organizing definitely, you know, predates us. You know, so there's Occupy Sandy in New York and New Jersey after Superstorm Sandy and smaller iterations like Op Oc or Boulder Flood Relief. Um, and then more recently, West Street Recovery and the really inspiring examples of mutual aid in Puerto Rico as, as well. We don't try to 
supplant or replace spontaneous manifestations of mutual aid, but rather to complement them um, and have a standing, you know, network so that they can tap into that. Uh, and we can be kind of like a Swiss army knife for the movement for autonomous disaster response. What is your definition of mutual aid and how does it differ from charity? Yeah, so mutual aid is a participatory reciprocal exchange among equals. Um, so it, with charity, there's uh, it can be patronizing. It's often top down. Um, with mutual aid, there's... There's a, an understanding of our shared uh, realities of oppression and resistance to that. Um, and we, we, we see each other as equals. So there's sharing decision-making power, you know, with each other and with disaster survivors. Um, oftentimes in the charity approach, folks come in uh, from the outside and uh, don't listen, don't ask, uh, and assume what people's needs are. And uh, it comes oftentimes it's very it can be, uh, you know, kind of um, selfish or patronizing. And if they they do meet the the needs of folks, even though it's hard with that much bureaucracy, even when they do, um, it's oftentimes stigmatizing and not not empowering. Um, And so with with a mutual aid approach. Uh, we are in this together. You know, we all have something to share. We all have something to give. Um, and, and we recognize each other's humanity and share power with each other and, and, you know, figure it out together. You know, we we listen, we ask, and we respond to whatever people's self-determined needs are in a way that respects people's dignity and self-determination. Where are members of Mutual Aid Disaster Relief located? Sounds like it might be a fairly decentralized organization. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Tampa, Florida, um, and I have a little, what you see in the background here is a little travel trailer, um, so I can be more mobile. Um, but, but this is my full-time home, this travel trailer, um, and usually, you know, in Florida, but I'm able to travel as well. There are folks all over, you know, um, all over, you know, from California to Maine to Florida to Puerto Rico. And um, uh, at the moment, we are trying to, you know, make sure that we have we have our approach down and, you know, learning from these lessons. And um, there's mixed feelings about uh, responding internationally um, or expanding, you know, to be international in scope. Um, just because of the um, added hurdles and the the possibility of inadvertently, you know, replicating the charity model, you know, and uh, and so um, what we've often done when there has been disasters on an international, you know, uh, plane um, is find uh, similarly aligned movements and networks uh, and amplify them and support them and uh, direct folks looking to fundraise or, or to donate money or to volunteer to contact those folks directly. How many people are there in mutual aid disaster response? It really varies. Um, so oftentimes when nothing's going on, there's you know a skeleton crew of a dozen, a couple dozen people you know, getting the work going and continuing, you know, uh, things. And then when when a disaster happens, there's hundreds or thousands of people uh, that, you know, step up to the plate and make something happen. And it's it's um, it really varies, folks. The the one of the uh, great parts about this model is that folks can step up and step back, you know, um, as they're able, you know, and so. You know, if folks oftentimes they have other things going on with, you know, border solidarity work or, you know, mutual aid programs in their home community. And then, um, you know, their attention is on that. But then when a disaster hits, either their home community, a regional one or further afield, you know, folks are jumping in and, in you know, coordinating, making things happen. What sort of communication and decision-making processes does mutual aid disaster relief use? Yeah, so it's it's very mixed and uh, the approach is really fluid. So um, on the one hand, you know, a lot of it is, you know, there's a lot of emails, a lot of conference calls and things like that. Um, you know, we've tried a lot of different platforms and we're actually, um, you know, some folks in our network are uh, trying to are in the process of 
creating a companion website uh, to create more peer-to-peer decentralized interaction throughout the network and beyond. Um, so hopefully we'll be launching that in the next couple months. Um, and so that's really, you know, gonna, you know, enable more, even more autonomous interactions, uh, you know, through discussion forums and things like that. Um, but then also on the ground, um, a lot of it takes whoever out of us, you know, is, is on the ground. You know, we, we just, you know, oftentimes, you know, map things out, you know, on whiteboards or, you know, different things like that. And then just go at it, you know, listen to the needs, listening, you know, the resources and then, you know, make, making stuff happen. That was part one of the interview I did with Jimmy Donson from Mutual Aid Disaster Relief, which is a an organization which works in America, North America and surrounding areas. Going to hear a new song now. This is from the group Sounds of the South, and it's called Unity and features a few MCs, but I'm going to tell you after the song. Hey.
Africa sasi hamba si chuche zonki kona My only vision is to bring that back Cause we the unit is the only way we fight back My only vision is to bring that back Cause we the unit is the only way we fight back Subversion 1312, 4000102.1 FM, and Colin was getting up nice and close to me to back announce that song. Okay, we have Sounds of the South, IT Macedo, Java, Crimino, MC Crenshaw, Cruster, Unity is the name of the number. Yes. Check it out. So that is a brand new one from the Sounds of the South Resistance Movement. It's an anti-capitalist cultural resistance movement working with activists who use hip-hop and poetry to spread revolutionary messages, raise consciousness and critique neoliberalism. And you can find that on Bandcamp. Sounds uh, great. Sounds of the South with a Z, sounds with a Z, hip-hop African hip hop caravan collaborations. Love it. Now, I want some for myself. T- tonight, we're hearing an interview I did with a mutual aid disaster relief member, Jimmy Donson. We've heard that mutual aid means working with communities. So I asked Jimmy what mutual aid disaster relief, the organization, does when they arrive to work with a community? It's it's super fluid and flexible. So oftentimes we'll start with, you know, just wellness checks, uh, you know, or supplies distribution. You know, we know folks will, will appreciate some baby wipes, you know, or, you know, if, if there's lack of access to water, you know, or food, you know, things like that. Um, um, so come in, you know, not empty handed. Um, but then, um, you know, from there, it's we we prioritize listening and asking. Uh, so we might, you know, come in with some supplies in a box truck. And then, you know, it's clear that folks are being evicted from their, you know, public housing, you know, or apartments, you know. And and so then, you know, we shift into gear and our role is to help facilitate housing eviction uh, resistance and legal help, you know, or, uh, you know, we see, you know, folks have, you know, um, you know, fallen, um, you know, branches hanging precariously over their their buildings, you know, or their homes. Uh, so we, you know, uh those of us who are arborists, you know, are able to, you know, cut down the branches or and tarp the roofs and, you know, different things like that. So it also, you know, folks have, have done cleanup, cleanup efforts, you know, mold removal, you know, uh, roll, mold remediation, um, different cleanup activities like that. Um, and then also uh, we have a sustainable and ecological resilience program where we focus on, you know, like building back, you know, more resilient through solar and other sustainable infrastructure development. Um, so that's one thing that we've been, you know, definitely um, uh, prioritizing in Puerto Rico uh, since uh, so many there are so many. <coughs> spontaneous uh, manifestations of mutual aid with the Centros de Apoyo Mutual uh, that 
um, our um, we've kind of been backing them up a lot by um, helping uh, their mutual aid centers uh, access uh, solar infrastructure. And that, that's been a big, um, uh, you know, focus, uh, you know, since Hurricane Maria hit. What sort of interactions have you had with governments when you've been responding to a crisis? It, it really varies. Um, sometimes uh, we've been able to access uh, the government or FEMA warehouses, you know, where, where they were keeping the walls up and the doors locked to the people. We were able to access those supplies and get them to where they needed to go to people's hands and mouths. Um, and then other times, you know, it, it has, we haven't been as fortunate and, you know, supplies has sitting in where has sit, sat in warehouses, you know, for, you know, like in Puerto Rico for two years now, you know, they just found some warehouses that were still stockpiling supplies from Hurricane Maria. There was one incident where we were actually swatted. Somehow, some folks called in a fake 911 uh, report, and the SWAT team showed up to one of our um, coordinating uh, centers. You know, they surrounded the place, and they came in at gunpoint, you know, pointing guns at everybody. And they didn't they didn't ask questions about uh, kidnapping or, you know, anything else that was, you know, supposedly the, you know, the the issue, which was absurd. Um, but they did ask questions um, such as, have you ever raised your fist? Do you advocate for the overthrow of the U.S. government uh, and different things like that? That was in Puerto Rico. In Australia, with the fires, there's been discussions around what sort of donations are needed material or money for instance the victorian premier came out and said that people shouldn't be donating things like sheets and clothes there's a lot of money sitting in bank accounts of uh, non-government organizations and not being seen by communities what is mutual aid disaster response to the distribution of money or material aid we, we accept donations you know in Nobody's paid staff, you know, we're, it, it's an all volunteer, you know, project. Um, and so we can make, you know, a small amount of money stretch a lot. Um, and these top down institutions, you know, like the Red Cross, they often have a whole lot of money and a whole lot of supplies. But <coughs> they're also almost often like very, very often lacking the personal connections in local communities. And so. Um, oftentimes, um, you know, they need help, um, you know, to fulfill their mission. And so they would, you know, um, they, they're open to folks, you know, coming in and, you know, accessing, you know, supplies, uh, and getting them out to the people, you know, because ultimately, you know, it helps them, you know, um, fulfill their mission, you know, and, you know, there are, you know, as bureaucratic and as, you know, top down as an institution like that is and all the problems that exist in them, they're made up of individual people who make individual choices and individual people can make the choice to, um, you know, get supplies to people in need, you know, and, and so whether folks are and those organizations are outside of them. You know, oftentimes we we can um, help redistribute, you know, things to people um, where, where it should have been all along. One thing that that folks have to be mindful of is the nonprofit industrial complex that oftentimes, you know, with that traditional model, uh, funders dictate, um, you know, policies and programs and, you know, where, you know, what what's done with the funds, you know, and where it goes and who, who gets what, you know, and we, we reject that. Uh, we, you know, believe in being wholly accountable to, you know, disaster survivors. And so we create programs based on their self-determined needs. Folks are hungry for this, you know, folks are tired of the bureaucracy and the waste and the um, inefficiency of, you know, top-down institutions you know, listen to affected folks. Um, and, and it would be best to build relationships too. Mutual aid is all about building relationships that are meaningful and powerful. And, and so, 
you know, finding folks, you know, who are impacted and listening and asking, hey, what do you need? You know, and then it's less, you know, <coughs> like just, you know, um, donating theoretical things that maybe somebody will need, you know, that you might not want anymore and more, you know, like, okay, I know this person and this is what they're telling me that they need. So me and my community are going to, uh, you know, focus on that and get, get these supplies to, um, to, to these folks, you know, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, we've, we've seen it, um, you know, that there's been, you know, like acres of clothes that are burned, you know, after disasters, um, because, you know, it gets rained on and, you know, there, there wasn't anywhere to sort through it, um, and different things like that. That was part two of my interview with Jimmy Donson from Mutual Aid Disaster Relief, which is an organisation but is also a topic because tonight we are talking about Mutual Aid Disaster Relief because global warming is real, global warming is happening, unlike what Andrew Bolt said or Scott Morrison, it's not good for us and we're going to have to get organized in Brisbane to help each other so we can survive as a community because we can't rely on the government and we certainly can't rely on large non-government organizations. Also tonight I'm going to be talking about the crisis which is happening in Canada with the Wet'suwet'en Nation who are defending, have been for almost a decade defending their land against a gas pipeline by coastal, a coastal link gas pipeline and the police have started coming in earlier this month and starting to evict people, arrest people and uh, all around Canada and all around the world people are standing up to defend the Wet'suwet'en nation and in Brisbane on Thursday night there's going to be a film night which I've organised down at Shadow Play Tea House Andrew Bartlett's cafe, Andrew Bartlett of Portable Z Announcer has kindly said that we can use his space to show some films to find out about the Wet'suwet'en Nation and land defence and discuss what we can do. I'm going to play a song by Val Finn, Flynn featuring Kayla Truth. It's called Deep Water. How deep is the water? How deep can it go?
that's title Got me kneeling, praying on the Bible Infiltrated dreams as soon as nightfall Far from heavenly, acquainted with this rival Wake me up, no, let me sleep Tell me what do I need In the crowd, but no one's here with me Need your love, but don't want company Paranoia, chucking jeers, engulfed in these fears I'm drowning in my tears, all hope has disappeared Is the light near, I need a surface Tell me why and what's the purpose In a fight between me and I versus A perfectionist who was imperfect Do you understand the disturbance? I need to breathe, it's a fucking burden Check. Running through the dark, crashing through the waves On the ocean floor, lying out to be saved Through the waves on the ocean floor Subversion 1312, the Anarchy Show tonight. I'm playing an interview I did with a member from Mutual Aid Disaster Relief, Jimmy Dunson. And uh, the reason why I wanted to get in touch with this organization is that all this stuff was happening with the uh, extreme fires in Australia and people actually even uh anarchist people brought it brought it up like is there something like that happening in australia some sort of mutual aid organization that we can do and the only the only thing that uh i found out was that uh there's something happening in gungara down in eastern, I think southeastern Victoria, and they've got a website and they're doing a lot there. And uh, we really, I think, need to start something like that in Brisbane. So that's why I did this interview and I asked uh, Jimmy finally what advice he would have for anyone who is starting up a mutual aid disaster relief organization yes um actually yeah uh so one one thing one um piece of advice is to start small you know you don't have to have it all together you don't have to you know figure it all out beforehand you know you can start where you're at, you know, and um, if that means, you know, um, emptying your cupboards and sharing them, you know, sharing the contents of them or instead of instead of like uh, setting up a hospital, you know, because that might seem a little bit, you know, daunting, you know, or a whole clinic, you know, just set up a first aid station, you know, and start 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 small, start doing something, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, whatever folks need, respond to it. And then that can grow, that can, you know, snowball, you know, all of a sudden, someone comes and is like, oh, yeah, I'm a massage therapist, you know, so, you know, then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you have another another thing you're able to offer or somebody says, oh, yeah, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor. You know, and, and you, you get that, you know, and other people are like, oh, yeah, I had more supplies than I need. So I'm going to be sharing them, too. You know, and people hear about what you're doing and they, they send a truckload of supplies, you know. 
Um, so start small, you know, and, and let it snowball, let it grow. Another thing is uh, um, don't let process lead to paralysis. Uh, so we're, you know, we're into consensus. We're into shared decision-making power. That's how we operate. Um, but also, um, you know, we can't, you know, we don't want to be like an anarchistic version of a bureaucracy. You know, ultimately, you know, we're all about all power to the people, you know. So um, when it comes down to it, you know, um, you know, we want to be, um, you know, responsive, you know, to whatever the self-determined needs of folks are. Uh, discuss things amongst ourselves, you know, definitely do that. You know, you know, share decision-making power amongst yourselves, you know, definitely do that. Be be mobile. The, the Zapatistas have a have a slogan, lead by obeying. Do, making that the approach, the folks that are impacted, you know, are often the ones that are you know, telling us, you know, what, what needs to be done. There's a, a, a scholar named Rachel Luft uh, who came up with a term called disaster patriarchy. And so th this term, it means intersectional gender injustice that happens in the context of a disaster. Oftentimes there's like a valorization of hard um, physical labor, like a militant posturing, um, you know, like a degradation of basic human needs. We we reject that, you know, we we want to make um, this sustainable, you know, because we are in this for the long term. And even if it's just one disaster that folks are responding to, that's going to often take years for people to, you know, or decades even for people to fully recover. So we need to be in this. You know, we want to do this uh, work in, in a way that integrates healing justice and community care in all aspects of what we're doing. Um, so oftentimes, you know, yes, there is a sense of urgency, you know, and y yes, you know, people's lives sometimes do depend on, you know, what we do or don't do. Um, but we, we need to take a holistic approach and, you know, recognize our, our capacity and you know just because we can't do everything doesn't mean we shouldn't do something and then when when we do um what we do you know we we take care of each other along the way you know and integrate components of healing justice in all aspects of what we're doing trauma is you know very you know prevalent in this type of organizing this type of work uh, and so, you know, sharing skills and lessons learned uh, to deal with burnout or navigating trauma is really important. It, we um, also, you know, have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to incidents of, you know, sexual assault or sexual violence. Uh, perpetrators aren't welcome. That's uh, something that we've learned, you know, through previous iterations of disaster response uh, that, you know, we, there's a clear you know, clear boundaries, clear line uh, that, you know, perpetrators are not welcome in this movement. And that's something that we recommend, you know, other other folks uh, do as well. Once you, you know, whether it's your community, you know, just five blocks down the road, five miles, 500 miles, um, you know, listening, that that is so important. You know, the community members themselves know you know what what's needed and know you know their neighbors they'll they'll let us know they'll let you know you know oh yeah there's some trailer park you know down the way that hasn't seen any aid yet and they're even more impacted than us so check out check them out or my neighbor here you know can't get out of their apartment because they're immobile and in a wheelchair let's go check on them together our focus you know oftentimes is you know hurricanes earthquakes fires, different things like that. But we also respond to invisible disasters. Uh, so, you know, capitalism and colonialism is this legacy of a, a huge disaster in, in so many of our communities. And we, if we're serious about responding to folks' needs, you know, we need to be doing it in a holistic way, you know, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, it, it's the legacy of capitalism and colonialism uh, that is the pre-existing disaster even before a hurricane or mudslide or tornado or anything takes place. We encourage folks to uh, to create locally rooted uh, mutual aid programs that are, you know, um, rooted, uh, you know, and that's actually um, you know, a huge part of our approach and our movement is, um, you know, like there's already ongoing existing mutual aid projects you know, throughout, you know, whether it's, you know, Food Not Bombs chapters or street medic collectives. Uh, and then when a disaster happens, you know, 
folks that are doing that work can tap in, you know, to, um, you know, their already existing organizing and, you know, um, steer it in the way of disaster response. Um, and, and then, um, uh, oftentimes too, um, you know, we like to talk about, um, you know, so in, in a sense, uh, the legacy of capitalism and neo-colonization is this, you know, ongoing disaster. And in a sense, even though a tornado or a hurricane or an earthquake or a fire is, you know, fundamentally, you know, traumatizing and full of, you know, suffering, it also, in a sense, sometimes washes away that unnameable disaster that is underlying everything, their existence, you know, and in this space, um, you know, folks are able to uh, share goods and services with each other freely and reimagine new social roles and, you know, build power from below. Uh, and it, it can be a very empowering experience and a very transformative experience for everybody involved. And so, um, you know, um, oftentimes our movements uh, can be trapped in bubbles. And so when we are able to, uh, you know, respond to people's needs, whether in a disaster or, you know, um, you're just responding to the legacy of, you know, capitalism and homelessness or different things like that, um, you know, we get, get outside of those bubbles and we meet people where they're at. And this is, you know, a very transformative experience. And, and it's needed, be, and it and it's a you know, it, it's how we build a movement that that can make transformative, lasting change. How can people find out more about mutual aid, disaster relief, and get in touch if they're interested in finding out more? Yeah, uh, so check us out on uh, at our website, mutualaiddisasterrelief.org. We also have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, so you can check us out on social media as well. And um, you can email us if you want to get in touch at mutualaiddisasterrelief at gmail dot com. And yeah, we're um, you know we're we're looking forward to you know hearing about what what y'all do in Australia. You know, we're watching that closely, and our hearts are with you. You know, we need each other now more than ever if we're going to survive, you know. And so building these networks now uh, where we, you know, we we find each other um, and, and we start building together that better world that we know is possible. And not, you know, in a microcosm, not in a bubble, but where it's needed the most, you know, with we, we don't, you know, have a hope for survival if we're just gonna wait for the government to come in, there is no cavalry coming. You know, the nonprofits, you know, the nonprofit industrial complex, you know, is not coming to save us. If if we have a hope for a future, it's gonna come from each other, from building these relationships and bonds and taking care of each other in really meaningful and lasting ways. And I believe that we can do that and we will do that. I'm looking forward to to, to seeing that. That was a really nice way to end that conversation with such a positive note and that was Jimmy Thompson from Mutual Aid Disaster Relief and Organization Very in, interesting fellow Linda uh, in America. a lot to explain a lot to talk about which was very relevant. Yeah and of course I think as I said I think it's very important I'm going to go to a song and then come back and talk about this event which is being put on by us on, on Thursday night. Thursday night, yes. This song is called Ready for the Revolution. It's by Luke Wallace and it comes from an, a compilation called Tiny House Warriors Volume 1 and that was made uh, in Canada where First Nations people have been, with the assistance of others, have been making tiny houses in the way of gas pipelines which companies want to put through their land and the Wet'suwet'en are one such people and I'm going to talk about their struggles after the song.
Vision for my generation, a new creation, a global nation, radical cooperation. And I can see the sun arising, people they are mobilizing, organizing, energizing. I can see the sun arising, yeah. Said I had a revelation, a vision for my generation, a new creation, a global nation, radical cooperation, and I can see the sun arising, the people they are mobilizing, organizing, energizing, I can see the sun arising, ready for the revolution, to be a part of a solution, middle cloud of love. I'm ready for the revolution to burn the financial institutions Rewrite the whole damn constitution Finally made a contribution We're not joined the revolution I'm ready for the revolution To be a part of the solution In a cloud of love pollution I'm ready for the revolution So lots of people in Canada are ready for the revolution because they're helping, standing in solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en Nation and who are resisting gas pipeline. And the port of Vancouver was blocked. There's been train lines blocked. There's been highways blocked. People are getting out and saying no to the gas coastal gas link pipeline. So time for us to get out of here and I'm going to uh, play just before I put our outro on somehow by divine intervention power is taken by Moby 
it just appeared in the folder that I had all of tonight's files in. So I'm going to play a little bit of that before we play our outro. Thanks very much for listening. And as always, this show will be podcast at subversion1312.org. And we've got last week's show, which was uh, about Karl Marx. It was indeed, Linda. My God. Uh, (laughs) The radio play. And that's uh, up there if you want to have a listen to it. Well, folks, thanks very much for listening tonight. Linda, thank you very much for having me along with you tonight here, as always. Thanks, Colin, for coming in. We had a great time together. We had an awesome time together. We we work very well and we, we respect one another, which is a great thing, isn't it? It's all it's an anarchist relationship. That's right. That goes, there goes is, down well. There is no oppressor. Oh, take it. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash sub anarchy show. On Twitter, anarchy underscore show. He's gonna choke on his harmonica Network. Every Thursday, I drop a new podcast, usually an interview with an author, an organizer, a revolutionary, an artist, a creator, a permaculturist. Basically, the Soul Cast is a compendium of tools, strategies, and ideas for building autonomy and revolutionary struggle. Listen to it on Channel Zero, on SoulOne.org, or anywhere podcasts are found.